Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. Plan your next move in real estate with this fast, vital market news to aid your next real estate adventure. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt, with this week's Daily Market Update. All right, we're kicking off episode number three of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Today's show is Corey Chappelle, a well-known wholesaler in town. Uh, going to update us on what that game's all about, what it feels like, is like to be a wholesaler, and what that means to you if you're not a wholesaler in this town. Uh, if you've ever wondered what it's like, uh, you know, all those signs you may see, we pay cash for your homes. Here's the nitty gritty coming directly from Corey Chappelle later on the show today. I want to say license number 174290, brokered with Metro First Realty. Today's listings that seem to stand out. And again, I want to bring that up. So the listings that I bring, the best under 500K and the best under 300K, those are things that I feel as a buyer's agent is is very um unique propositions to the market, something that's unique, something that presents the value in the market currently during those weeks. So uh, best under 500K this week is going to be 1940 Northwest 21st Street. That's MLS listing 821855. That is a historic uh, construction or historic um, home built in 1925. Um, this one, you know, it's got some interesting appeal to it. It's it's kept a lot of the original features on the outside and inside of the home, uh, yet it's been kind of moderately updated in ways to kind of really retain that 1920s feel. Uh, the landscaping's been done incredible on the outside. You do get a two-car garage on this one. It's detached, but it's a two-car garage. Um, it's got three different seating areas outside. I really like that feature that it brings. But they've done some things like the Grand Manor roof uh, shingles on it. Kind of give it that, um, you know, the modern look, but yet kind of a throwback feel to it. Um, it's got like grape tree or grape vines in the backyard. Really has this unique uh, flavor to it for the Gatewood uh, subdivision. So if you're looking for something that's um, been modernized enough to be, um, you know, practical in today's society uh, and all the needs we have in the kitchen sizes and things like that, but you also want something that still has that 1920s feel to it, uh, you might want to look at this listing, 1940 Northwest 21st. Again, that'll be in the description below. Okay, moving into the under 300,000, uh, this one actually makes me really smile. Um, 2316 North Barnes Avenue on the market for 199. The front of this home has a little bit of a castle type look to it. It's these, I don't even know what you call them, but they're the, the, the characteristics of like the Camelot Castle where you've got the, the, the long, the brick coming up and then edging off and kind of making these right angles in the front entryway. Just kind of this little hint to a castle in the front of this home. Uh, just gives it something where you look at it, you go, that's unique. Uh, so, something unique in the market there. Um, the kitchen has this great natural beam that goes across it. Um, it gives it really this um, 
kind of rustic feel, but yet the kitchen is just super modern. So it's a super modern versus nature feel. Um, again, in that price point, I'm really uh, excited about that home in the Las Vegas uh, edition. Again, that's uh, listed for $199. And that is through um, the King Real Estate Group, Karen King. So good stuff. Um, on to the numbers. Um, the total sales within five miles of Oklahoma City. Again, that's we really want to focus on that central corridor of Oklahoma City. That's a lifeblood heart of the market. So I really focus in on what sales were happening in that central corridor. Um, this week, 199 closings. Last week was 165, so we're up by 33 homes. Again, we expect that as we get towards the end of the month. I think episode one, two weeks ago, I had, or episode two last week, I had kind of, you know, said that we were going to hit probably over 200. So we're right at that 200 mark as far as uh, total sales for the week. Um, the average days on the market this week was 36. Uh, that's from you know, on the market to pending because I want to really see when we go pending. You know, how long can you expect to stay on the market until you get that first initial contract? And that's uh, an average of 36 days. Uh, that's across the board, all, all listings within that five miles of OKC. Uh, no change from the week prior, so 36 last week, 36 this week. Uh, as well as the, the uh, top paint exterior. Again, don't paint the exterior. We're still seeing the natural, you know, brick in the in the corridor, just totally going for it. We're actually going to um, get another metric going on if you have a frame house and you don't have brick, what color, if you are gonna repaint, is the most popular for selling. So that's gonna be a new category we're working on next week is getting that, uh, you know, if you don't have a brick home. Uh, but in the, if you do have a brick home and you're listening, and you're trying to understand, don't paint the house unless the brick is just really too far gone to be saved. Um, and if you already are painted and you go, gosh, I'm already painted, uh, then you can you can actually hire a crew to sandblast that off. And it's not as expensive as you would think. So uh, good options there. Um, the top paint interior uh, this week was actually a white um, kind of an off-white um, and then followed by gray so whites kind of taking the lead uh, this week in the market but again the whites and grays being the top among the top um, as far as foreclosures there's 1264 properties and somewhat and somewhat of a stage of foreclosure um, again foreclosure process can take a couple years to do um, last week was 1270 um, so we've gone down what is that six properties so we're, we're heading in the right direction uh, as far as uh, foreclosures in the market. Um, household income holding steady at $43,798. Again, investors looking at this market, you always want to keep in consideration the average uh, median income for the household because that will determine where your rental rates are going to be. It'll also determine where the average DTI, a debt to income ratio, is going to be for your home purchasers. So when you're doing flips and things like that, you want to keep in mind where most of your buyers are going to get qualified uh, at in the price range when they go to their mortgage company. Uh, unemployment stayed the same at 3.7. Um, it's been holding steady uh, this summer. Uh, vacant homes uh, were at 12.36%. No change there. Sheriff sale date. Uh, so last week's sheriff sale, um, didn't hear much about it. Um, so couldn't have been that exciting. Uh, 
hmm, anybody update me on that? Didn't didn't really hear much. Uh, nobody nobody sunk any good sales there. But we've got another one coming up June 14th. Again, you can just Google Oklahoma City Sheriff Sale. That is the live auction where you can bid in real time against uh, your fellow flippers and and home investors and that kind of thing um and you actually get to see them you know it's not this online auction thing it's real in person and you you really get to get uh, to learn the community um as far as on local news local news coming up in this new segment uh where we try to focus on what's happening where the jobs are going global payments okay currently based in Atlanta, um, describes itself as one of the largest third-party payment processing providers in the world and a leading provider of credit and debit card transaction processing service, has proposed a seven-story office building along Automobile Alley. Uh, This was first reported by the Oklahoman, a local newspaper here, and is tentatively to become the new North American headquarters for global payments. Sources confirm that the company's involvement with the project being developed by Andy and David Burnett at the Northwest 6th and Broadway intersection also indicate the new operation will bring more than 600 jobs to the downtown OKC area. Now, we don't have any timeline on this yet. However, they're working as fast as they can to get a timeline. Um, They're waiting on a couple of agreements. Uh, including potential financial incentives uh, from the local uh, government here. Uh, The global company employs about 10,000 worldwide uh, with customers in 30 countries in North America, Europe, Asia Pacific, and South America. Um, There's, um, I guess, Andy, one of the project uh, heads, uh, provides details about the project um, and in this presentation that they did downtown. it was basically the design review committee where they present their idea of this new building being being done. Uh, well, that was earlier this month, and they withheld the identity of Global Payments as a company during that meeting uh, due to a formality. But now they've released that, that Global Payments is the company that is going to be moving their worldwide headquarters to Oklahoma City. So be interesting to see exactly what metric they chose Oklahoma City for, but I, I can think that it has something to do with the household income uh, being low uh, and, and the workers being high, good good worker quality, low cost of living. Um, that makes for a happy employee at a, at a good rate for the company. Um, in all in all, um, you know, it comes right on the heels of Amazon announcing that they're going to bring a big, massive fulfillment center here. We talked about that last week on the show. Now they're even saying the Amazon is going to bring 1,750 jobs now is what the numbers are up to. It was like 1,000 went to 1,500, and now it's like 1,750 is where they're at. So they just keep going up on the amount of workforce that that's going to bring to the market. So that's pretty cool. Um, as far as the reason why they decided on that location, in Automobile Alley, they just, quite frankly, they said parking was one of the biggest problems they had. They were just looking for affordable, reasonable reasonable parking, and they settled on that site because of the YMCA garage that was behind it. Uh, it's a 550-spot garage that was virtually vacant. So, anyways, there's your news for the week in Oklahoma City. Now on to our guest today, Corey Chappelle. Corey Chappelle, Thank you for coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about what you do and where, you know, what, what did you come, what, how did you get to do what you're doing now? Well, thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. 
my family's actually been in real estate for almost 70 years now. My great-grandfather started building houses and renting and owner financing to GIs returning from World War II. My grandfather became a home builder and later on a developer, and we would build entire subdivisions. My uncle was a home builder, and he also bought rental properties. So to me, it's kind of the family business. I grew up doing this. You know, if you spent the night at grandpa's house on a Friday night, Saturday morning, you were on the construction sites being sure the contractors were there. So for me, it's as natural as breathing air. Currently, I'm a closing options analyst over at 181 Close Now, our family-owned company. And that's a really fancy way of saying I'm the guy that actually buys the houses. When people want to sell, they call us. I'm the one they speak to. I figure out what's the situation, what are their needs. If their needs are actually to sell the house to an investor for whatever reason, I go out, look at the property, and make the offer. If the client truly needs a realtor or an agent, I'm happy to get clients you know, in that path as well. You kind of try and do what's best for the clients, and we found over the past 70 years, if you'll focus on that, it'll end up being what's best for you too. That's excellent. That's such a great point. You know, giving is the ultimate uh, receiving in your life. So, uh, so what is wholesaling real estate? I mean, how does this work? You know, I really don't like the term wholesaling when you talk about real estate. I think it's more of a slang term. To me, if you're in real estate, if you're doing deals, you're an investor. Now, you might be a new investor, you might be an expert investor, but you're an investor. I think when people refer to wholesaling, what they're usually referring to is a contract assignment. But this is not unique to real estate. Big oil companies do contract assignments all the time. Law firms, any big corporation does contract assignments. And a contract assignment, assignment boiled down to its most basic is as an investor, I go in, I look at a house, I make an offer, and if it's acceptable to the seller, we sign a contract. Now before that contract is signed, I don't care really what happens to their house. If it burns down tomorrow, it doesn't matter to me. But the moment that seller signs a contract, all of a sudden I have an equitable interest in the property. All of a sudden I care a great deal whether or not that house burns down the next day because I'm able to get that house at a very, very good price. That creates value for me. So after that's done, as an investor, you go out and you find other investors, people that want to own these properties long term, that actually come in and purchase the contract itself from you. You assign all the rights from the contract to that next investor, they pay you a fee for this, and then you're out of the deal completely. That investor goes to closing, purchases the property, either keeps it as a rental or flips it or whatever they're going to do with it. I think that's usually what people are referring to when they say wholesaling. To me, it's just one of the many tools that you should have as an investor, but that's usually what they're referring so to. So the main value uh, when we're talking about these assignment contracts is that you as a property hunter, right, has found you know this great deal, and instead of you uh, you know renovating that deal and, and flipping it yourself, you decide to then assign that contract to someone else who is in, in either a better position to do it or maybe wants to do it or maybe you just don't have enough time to flip that property and you reassign it to someone else and make kind of a, a markup there and kind of get a commission for doing that sale. Does that sound about right? Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Um, what what are some most common issues that people have that cause them to reach out to uh, somebody, somebody like you versus like a, a retail broker? 
you know, I think a lot of people will reach out to you just out of curiosity. I think they'll do it because they want to see what their options are and they're not sure how they should proceed with the property they're dealing with. But when you look at the people that are actually going to sell to you, the people that are actually going to take the deal or make the deal, it's usually people that just simply do not have the time nor the patience to deal with the house. A lot of times you'll find there's interfamily conflict. You might have two brothers that own a house that used to be mom and dad's. One brother has a ton of money and might be a very famous surgeon with no time. The other brother might have all the time in the world and none of the fame. So what's better, for them to work it out between themselves and cause a giant family feud or to just sell to an investor, split the money, be happy, be down the road, and not have a headache? Right, take that quick cash closing, sure. That quick cash option definitely is nice on the the buyer side. Um, What would you say is like one of the toughest obstacles you face when trying to get someone to sell the home to you? I think the biggest obstacle is people realizing what the reality of their situation is. You know, my family's been doing this for 70 years. I grew up in the business. So if I come out and look at a property, there's a pretty good chance my analysis is going to be pretty dead on. And I run into people every day that are just absolutely convinced they can rehab it cheaper than I can, or they can sell it for more than I can, or that they're going to set some record for the neighborhood. And they have no experience, they have no knowledge of what they're doing, but for whatever reason, they feel that it would be better to try and go it alone than to take the quick cash option. Hmm. And sometimes they turn around and they figure out later on that, yes, I was right, it's better to come back and sell to me. Other times, they go the full nine yards with it. I've had people totally rehab houses call me nine months later and say, you know what, we should have taken the offer. So... I think that's the biggest challenge. Well, what type of marketing do you do to find these people? I mean, like, what are you, are you, are you knocking on doors or putting signs out everywhere? I mean, what, what do you do? And I mean, is it effective or? You know, we, we do a lot of direct mail. That's probably our biggest focus. We also do do some pay-per-click, but I like to do a lot of networking. I found that the best people, the best advertising billboards I have are my past clients. After I buy a house from somebody, they walk around and they tell their friends and their family, you know, I sold my house to this guy, Corey. It was fast. It was easy. We got a fair deal. And I've had more referrals than I think your average investor probably would because your average investor doesn't go after referrals. But I think the key to any marketing is stick with it. I meet people all the time that are getting started that say, well, I tried bandit signs for a week and I tried direct mail for a week and then I did pay-per-click for two weeks. Pick what you want to market, what your medium is, Stick with it all day, every day for a solid year and see what your results are. If you do that, you'll know if it's working or not. Sure, sure. Yeah, make sure. It seems like your microphone on your end is uh, is getting a little muddy at times, so um, there may be some adjustment or movement you can do there. Um, so there's a lot of people attending these real estate kind of weekend classes where these folks are coming in town. They're teaching these investment classes, and you know somebody may spend two hours on a Saturday and come out of there uh, ready to get out and find motivated sellers that they can buy for cheap. Uh, but what do you recommend for these people that are just starting out, just hitting the the streets uh what what do you say to them the best advice i can give anybody that's wanting to get started in this business is before you do anything else find an experienced mentor there are plenty of people that are in this business that have been in this business here in oklahoma city that are more than happy to take on private students some of them charge money 
Some of them don't. But even the ones that charge money, it's well worth the little bit of money you would pay compared to the very, very expensive, very unhelpful seminars. Find somebody that's doing deals already that will take you under their wing, show you how to analyze it right, do it right, run the business right, because they'll help you with the marketing. They'll help you set up your business. They'll tell you when you've got a good deal on your hands and when you screwed it up royally. And that's the kind of information, that's the kind of knowledge that will save you 10 or 15 years worth of headache. Okay, so for someone that maybe has been with that headache you're talking about and they're just like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to do it on my own, or maybe someone who's a more passive investor that maybe is working full-time somewhere else and they're just looking for places to put their 401k maybe, do, do maybe a long-term investment, but don't want to have a hands-on approach, uh, could they use a service like yours to find properties in need of repair and uh, buy them directly from you? Uh, if so, you know, like, what do you charge for a service? like that I mean how does it work uh, is there like a special contract uh, do you can you use bank financing for these kind of things great question and there is a way to do it some people whenever they get into this business they find one good investor that wants to be passive that'll buy every deal from them we don't do that probably 80% of our deals get sold to people that we've never met before but 20% of our deals are houses that when I walk into them I already know who's going to buy them off of me so by the time I make that deal, I already know what I'm going to turn around and sell it for. I've got friends that are lawyers, that they're in civil litigation. They're very, very busy people. But their dream is to own a giant retirement portfolio of 500 houses in Oklahoma City paid for free and clear. Well, if I know exactly what types of houses they buy, in what condition, and what price range, by the time I walk out of the house making a deal, I can literally call them, text them a few photos, and know that they're going to email me over another contract and we're going to sign it, we're going to double close it, and I don't have to worry about marketing it. I don't have to worry about how we're going to do it or if it's something we want to take on. You have to be selective, though. You don't want to do that to everyone. If you do, you're going to lose a lot of money. There's some of them you want to market. So having some investors at the start is definitely a good thing to do, cultivate those relationships, but also be sure that you're maximizing your profit potential for each deal. Excellent. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, Corey, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I, I really hope that uh, some of our listeners found that helpful. Um, Corey, would you mind telling, uh, telling the folks where they can get a hold of you, uh, or your website, your, uh, any kind of contact information you want to provide? So anybody that's interested in getting these wholesale properties or, or like you say, you know, these, in, these properties that you've invested in that you want to give that are, that are in need of rehab uh, to, to stop people from having to do that service. What's uh, good contact information for you? Yeah, people can give us a call at 181-CLOSE-NOW. You just type that into your phone and hit dial, and it will ring directly to our office. You'll be able to reach me. Or you can go to 181-CLOSE-NOW.COM. We're getting ready to start a blog that's going to be updated with all kinds of great information for landlords, investors, anybody in the real estate business. So anytime anybody needs to reach out, feel free. We're here to help. Well, that's Corey Chappelle from Oklahoma City finding uh, properties uh, in the woodwork and getting great deals going on. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Corey. I really appreciate having you on here. Thanks, Landon. We appreciate it. 
And that concludes episode three of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. If you got any questions or want to hear something specific on the show, please email Landon at premieragentokc.com. Again, that's Landon, L-A-N-D-O-N, at premieragentokc.com. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening, I hope you have an incredible day. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.